All right, for Friday, the 12th of November, this is the Web Dev with Matt podcast. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about some of my recent learnings and experiences with Tailwind CSS. I hope you're ready for it. I hope you enjoy it. Roll the intro music. to learn the essentials of developing and deploying applications with Docker, especially if you've been struggling to figure out what you need to know while Googling, searching Stack Overflow and various other forums, then you'll love Docker Essentials. It's a free book and course that teaches you the essentials of building images and deployment configurations, tagging images and pushing them to remote Docker registries, how to debug applications running inside Docker containers, how to debug containers when they don't work as expected, and how to deploy your application to a production environment or any other using Docker Compose. Now, it doesn't cover every possible Docker command, just the ones that you need to know about so that you can deploy your first application with confidence. You also get a host of supporting information, tips, tricks and pointers to help you out when you get stuck. Check it out today at dockeressentials.com. Hello folks. Um, so this, I actually didn't know that this was going to happen for a while because here I was just doing a few little touch-ups on the recordings for the podcast and then everything just seemed to fall in a heap. Uh, just to put it into some sense of, of clarity, I have been recording the podcast using Audacity on Linux. I've been using Audacity for years, and it's just been beautiful. But for some reason, um, using Linux today, no fault at Linux of Linux, I don't think, but just Audacity just stopped recording. And no matter what setting I tried, it just would not record, still won't. So here I am on macOS. All seems to be recording well. And we seem to be off and going again. Um, the reason I say that is I tweeted about this earlier. I tweeted last night saying a new episode's going to drop today. All excited. And then things just fell in a heap. So that's how my day started. How about yours? I hope your day's better than mine. I hope you're doing good. I hope you have had some good wins, some good learnings since last time, and that things are going well. What did you think of the last episode, by the way, about the responsive design mode in modern browsers? Did you like it? Did it uh, introduce you to the concept? Concept? Not concept. The tool? I hope so. Uh, I hope it helped out in some way. I hope it gave you some encouragement to try it, if you haven't already. And then, let's segue nicely rather abruptly, into this week's episode, which is about my recent experiences and learnings with Tailwind CSS. So, let's dive into it and get started. I'm implementing a books and courses page for the site. 
And because not only is WebDev with Matt about giving away free content, free tutorials and videos and, and this podcast and so forth so that you can grow your web dev skills. But there are also um, books and courses that I've written over the years and am continuing to write at the moment. Bit of a plug for dockeressentials.com. Bit of a plug there. And the design that I got back from my wonderful, amazing, totally cool, all-around nice fella designer, Andy, the, the design was, um, it started with like an, an alternating row structure of picture and book details. For example, in the first row, I have a picture of the Docker Essentials book and on, on the left-hand side and on the right-hand side, I've got you know the name of the book, Docker Essentials, and a description or a short blurb about the book and a button. You know, click the button to go to the landing page of the book. But then on the next row, the description... The title, the description, and the button or the call to action are on the left and the picture's on the right. And so it alternates down the page. And so that was great when I did it in the desktop mode because, and this is another issue that I'm going to get to, something which Adam and the various team at Tailwind probably slapped me over the wrist for. But I designed this at first for a full desktop instead of designing it with the smallest device in mind and then working up, which I believe is the approach that the team at Tailwind recommend. So the rub of this is when I looked on the desktop after obviously, you know, a little bit of time to implement it, uh, while a little rough, you know, could have a little bit more padding on the left or margin. Um, the book title could be a bit larger or a bit more bolded and so forth. It rendered as I wanted it to, you know, it had the background, had the colors, so forth, so on and so forth. And then I was patting myself on the back, feeling pretty proud of myself. And then I enabled the responsive design mode and went, oh, that's, no, no, that's not what I wanted it to be at all. Hmm. So <laughs> this draws me into two things. One, I want to emphasize to you, and hopefully you can hold me to this as well. When you're designing, at least with Tailwind CSS, and I may change this opinion, but I'm going to go with it for now and I'm going to do it from here on in and see if I, if, you know, I, I feel it really is the right way to go. Start with your smallest device because, and the reason why, is when you use any of the various settings, such as the ones I'm going to cover soon, which are, you know, row, auto, order, margin, padding, font size, and so forth, by default, they'll work from the smallest breakpoint upwards not from the largest one downwards. So the thing to do, and that's why I believe they recommend, is that you start with the small device and then you start saying, okay, from the small device, this is what it will be. But when I get up into the iteratively larger breakpoints, which they've categorized as small, medium, large, extra large, two by extra large, and so forth, this is how I want it to change. Which kind of, I'll, I'll segue off slightly, is, is gives me yet more faith, yet more reassurance that I picked the right CSS framework for front-end designs because, and it ties in nicely also with the responsive design mode in the browser, they give under their responsive design section of their docs, their docs are excellent by the way, uh, they show you this breakpoint, such as small, medium, large, and so forth, corresponds 
to this width. And it also, as they show throughout the docs, shows you the underlying CSS. So you can quickly look at the, at the device that you're currently sort of targeting and see what's its width or what's its minimum width. And then look at the Tailwind CSS breakpoint prefix and know what you would prefix a given setting with. Now, if you're new to Tailwind CSS, if you've never touched it, that might all sound a bit like, I'm sorry, what are you talking about? Uh, that's the case. I, I dead set encourage you to check out tailwindcss.com forward slash docs forward slash responsive hyphen design. And there you'll see the table that I'm looking at right now. The, the, the docs are really well laid out. They're very clear. I feel I could go a bit further, but I already go a, a long way to you know helping you with all the things that you could need. Now, getting back to the design itself, how I'd implemented it was using CSS Grid, because that is the layout that I find for the design that Andy, my designer, gave me, just works the most. You know, given his design, Grid just seems to suit so many of the various aspects of the design just so beautifully. I also am still kind of getting my head around Flex. I'm, I'm just not quite there yet. So the, the design basically said this, for each of the, the, the divs, you know, whether the, the text, the title, the blurb, this, the call to action, or the image for a given book or course, um, those will be wrapped in a div. And then all of those divs would then be wrapped in an outer div. And the outer div would uh, specify that it's a grid layout. And it started off by saying that in, um, at the base, or sorry, at uh, a medium breakpoint, it would have one column because I kind of felt that I'd be cramming things in at that uh, breakpoint to have um, the picture and the description next to each other. So I wanted it to just down the page. Um, but at a larger, at the large breakpoint or breakpoint prefix, uh, I'd have two columns. But then when I went to the small, um, or the sort of smallest breakpoint, it just didn't work. Because, yeah, I guess at the, that device's size, everything was sort of seemingly all jumbled up. You'd see image text, text image, image text, and so forth. And it kind of looked really messy. And so my first thought was, well, how can I tell it? Because I was sure that I'd read in the Tailwind docs that you could, you could specify uh, within a grid, and I think in Flex as well. I think I read that in um, the MDN CSS docs that you could say, okay, well, within a grid, I want this one to come, this div to come first, that one second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth. And so I found the the order option and it seemed to be, sorry, the Tailwind CSS order option. And I thought, oh yeah, that seems to be like what I wanted because the documentation for the order property says utilities for controlling the order of flex and grid items. And then says use order uh, hyphen one, two, three, four, et cetera, et cetera, to render flex and grid items in a different order than they appear in the DOM. Now we'll put the accessibility issues aside and just focus on the visual here because accessibility is a conversation for another day. I, I, I would, you know, I started off with the first one, order one, then the next one, order two. And then I'd sort of alternate this because of how uh, the design works. And no matter what I tried, it worked for the first row or two, and then it just continued to get jumbled, and it seemed to put items lower down, higher up, and I just was all manner of confused. But I kind of kept trying it and, and thinking maybe I'd gotten it wrong and missed something, and but it just no matter what I tried, it didn't work. 
And then I did some reading on a range of sites. Um, I'll include links to those and thought, well, wait a second. What if instead of trying to force it being a column, what if it were at, at um, I think, in the, the smallest uh, and the medium breakpoints? Because at large, you can just render normally or well, normally. There I go. Uh, render like, you know, in a, um, the, the full desktop size, which I'd already designed it for. What if instead they became a series of rows? So what I said was that I would use um, by default the auto rows max property. Now, if you're not familiar with that, just to read the Tailwind docs again, it says grid auto rows, uh, which has four default classes, which are auto rows, auto, min, max, and fr. They're utilities for controlling the size of implicitly created grid rows. Now, why? I chose to, to do this was because um, you can specify how many rows are in a grid, but I had more than that and I didn't want to go about adding custom ones. So I thought, well, if this can auto calculate it for me, brilliant. But then even though that I implemented that, it didn't render visually any differently. So then I went hunting thinking, well, I think this is the right thing to do. And from what I'd read in uh, the MDN documentation, I was confident it was the right choice to make without, because I played with some other designs and I was just adding so much extra boilerplate for not much of a result. I came across the auto rows max, the row end, row start, and sorry, I've already covered auto rows max, haven't I? The row end, row start, and row auto. And in short, what they then allowed me to do is I would say for the row that I wanted to be at the start, I put row hyphen start hyphen one, row hyphen end hyphen one. I'm just kind of reading out what I've got here um, as by default. So that would say that this uh, div will will rend, will start and stop in the first row. And then I put that like row start two, row end two on the one I wanted to render in the second row. I don't know how well this is coming across trying to cover this on a podcast, I hope it's working. <laughs> um, but for the large breakpoint, I'd say row auto. So it'd, in effect, go back to what it was before. In effect, go back to um, a, co- a two-column layout. And so I kind of plug that through, held my breath a bit. I'm a bit like that as I reload the page. And huzzah, it worked. It was wonderful. Um, it rendered exactly as I wanted. Um, I'm going to do my best to kind of grab a snippet of this and include it in the show notes so that if you're hearing this and you're like, what what are you going on about, Matt? That the code example will help it kind of make sense. And then maybe you can point out to me where I kind of meander a bit or don't explain things as well as I could. So that was that was my my big my actually my big sort of technical uh, CSS learning or tailwind CSS learning for this week was um, learning more about the grid layout and um, looking at and appreciating. That, you know, to start with the smallest device first and then work up, not the opposite way. And um, learning more about columns and rows and auto rows and auto columns and so forth. And they're specifying, you know, where you want uh, an item to appear in in the grid. Um, like the, the pictures are amazing and you can see that it can do some amazing things. But sometimes you can kind of, I don't know, I don't know if this is kind of not really doing kind of what it was meant for or kind of playing with it a bit. But the result is what I wanted. And another thing I want to cover is 
I guess it gets back to uh, working with your expectations of, of what you're trying to achieve and, and appreciating, I guess, just how much time it can take to implement a, a design for one device properly, let alone a, de- a design that renders meaningfully on so many different devices, allowing also for the ability to rotate said de- most of those devices. Um, and, and the examples in, that I have from the books and courses pages is that I'd have to work primarily with the, the padding, uh, the grid gap spacing, and the margin for the between the different devices because f- for example um in when i was looking uh in or simulating an ipad or an ipad mini when the the picture and the book text and the cta would render next to each other they you know they sort of render quite nicely and you think well i'd, I'd have the text slightly um uh, low like inserted um with um what am i going for here a bit of extra padding at the top to kind of move it down to offset it so that they weren't aligned vertically at the top the same. But then when I'd have them render underneath each other, oh, sorry, and I'd also have then um, a larger gap so that each row wouldn't be like aligned right on each other. So, you know, just a nice bit of like, it helps your eye scroll down the page or you know, scan down the page. But then when they were rendered underneath each other, maybe the gap would be too large. And then I'd find that I'd do like a little bit of padding on the left for the for the items on the left in the in the column at the full res, and a bit of padding or margin on the right for the items um, on the right so, uh, in the right hand column. But then when they'd render underneath each other, one down the page, you get this kind of weird sort of flow that one would sort of be a little bit f- overly further in, but another one would be nicely aligned. And so then you'd have to you know, go through and say, well, how do I want them to render this way? How do I want them to render in that device? And just these little things like at this at, at this break point, you know, the, the font's too large, so we've got to make it smaller. But from these larger ones, I want it to be bigger. And it, I, I know that's probably not giving you specifics like, you know, um, margins, padding, gap, and so forth. But it's it's just trying to drive that point. I'm going. There is for, for some for things that can seemingly be not that much, as it were, that people can often say. There is so much work. I feel if you are nitpicky like I am to get them just right. If perhaps you are a touch of a perfectionist, and I find with this, with writing technical articles and so forth, I am. <laughs> it's a blessing and a curse because just go, oh, I can, I can just adjust this. I can just adjust that. And you've really got to either be hard on yourself to say, okay, let it go or have someone else who will do that for you and say, I think you've got to stop there. Hats off to the, to the managers I've worked for, to the clients I've worked for who've done that. As frustrating as it can feel when they say, what are you doing? Just stop. It's not worth it. And you go, but I can, oh, you don't understand the vision I have. You go, no, maybe it's worth just putting it down or putting it down for now. Anywho, we are at the end of the show now, or in, in, in the wind-up. So what I want to do is just wind up by giving some notable, notable plugs to the Tailwind CSS documentation. Adam um, and any other of the team, if you if you are listening to this at any stage, even well after this episode, 
goes live. The documentation is beautiful. It is wonderful. I have seen some really rubbish documentation. I've seen some bloated documentation. This Tailwind documentation strikes, I feel, a, a wonderful balance of being very thought out, being very well laid out, um, being very well designed, but not going overboard, providing you with what you really need and allowing you uh, or sort of helping you go further should you choose to without trying to solve every particular use case that anybody could ever have, which no one can do that. It's just not practical. So thank you very, very much for the excellent documentation. Uh, the search is wonderful. I am using Control-K oh, countless times to quickly navigate around and find what I need in the docs. And it's just, it's smooth. It, it looks fantastic, which is an excellent reflection on the framework. And it's smooth, it's quick, and it's effective. And the other thing that I want to plug is the bundled Tailwind CSS plugin that comes with my editor my IDE, I should say, of choice, PHP Storm. Uh, if you're not using PHP Storm, I wholeheartedly encourage you to check it out. You can use you can use it free for 30 days. You get a, a free 30-day evaluation period. After that, you can still use it, but it will be time-limited per session to 30 minutes. And as the plugin page says, it adds support for the Tailwind CSS framework. It provides support for directives and functions, including at Tailwind and at Apply, completion for Tailwind CSS class names, which I love. That is has been so, so, so helpful, even though I've been starting to memorize um, a lot of the various class names. Uh, that also includes when you extend it. And for example, as I have created custom colors, uh, it includes those as well. It's And it's so quick in how it does that. It has support for customization via tailwind.config.js, which I've just touched on already, and preview of the resulting CSS for classes on hover and in the code completion pop-up. It, it does a fantastic job. I don't know, I assume that there is uh, an equivalent or near equivalent plugin for the other editors and IDEs, such as Visual Studio Code. I just don't know because I don't use them. Um, I've, I've spent so much time with PHP Storm, um, partly because I just got hooked on it early um, I also stick with it because <laughs> I created a, a course on refactoring with it. So I've got like a lot of uh, momentum and buy-in to it. And I don't really feel motivated to go look at other things. But that said, um, you know, check out whatever editor you're using. Check it out and see if it's got a plugin because it can save you so much time on a, on a, on a framework that is already so easy to use. It can save you more time. So definitely um, have a look around. But if you're using PHP Storm, just know that bundled by default, which is fantastic, you have a Tailwind CSS plugin. So thanks for listening to another episode of the podcast. It has been my absolute pleasure having you as my guest. Be sure to check out the show notes for this episode, which you can find at podcast.webdevwithmat.com for links to all the things that I talked about during the episode. And until next time, my friend, keep learning, keep experimenting, and keep on building. It might seem like there's a lot to learn, but with a little bit of work on a regular basis, I reckon you'll grow your skills immeasurably in no time at all. And if it helps, remember the old saying, from little things, big things grow. Until next time, stay well. <laughs>